Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Ready to Mosh. I'm Gem G and with me as always, the king to my slayer, Kev P. <laughs> nice, I like that one. There was another one I was going to do, but that wasn't as nice, so I'll save Charming. that for another time. <laughs> what would have annoyed you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we've got an interview for you this episode. We had a chat with Jay and Jack from Drip Fed Empire, who we were supposed to watch a couple of weeks ago. If you listen to our Metal to the Masses Nottingham vinyl review, you'll know all about that. But Kev had a chat with them at the bar and they agreed to come on the podcast. So here they are. So we've got another guest interview on the podcast this week. We've got Jack and Jay from Drip Fed Empire. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, pretty good. Very good, thanks. Okay, we'll go straight in then. If you can just tell us a bit about how the band began, how it all kind of came together. Yeah, you can do this. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I'll do this bit because uh, I've been around since the start. So um, it started as a kind of a uni band between me and the drummer. Um, and that would have been way back, like 2016. And we were a duo for a number of years, just the two of us. Um, and then we sort of grew into the band we are now. And I'd say like the band as it is, it's probably only really been like what it should be for probably the past four years or so. Um, it was just kind of like a bit of a tricky thing to get off the ground with the kind of style we were doing, I think, at the time. But yeah, we've always believed in it. And then obviously Jack's in of a similar mindset. We're both into a, a sort of Aaron Ishikari and that sort of crossover metal. So and post hardcore with like the rave kind of element. So Eventually, the right people come together, and that's kind of yeah where we're at now. We've got a solid lineup. That's kind of the gist. And how's the uh, music evolved and changed over the years? Um, I think so. Me and the drummer wrote primarily all of the early stuff. The drummer wrote the first EP, and then I primarily wrote the second EP. So we both had very different takes on the same kind of concept. So I'd very much combine metal and punk with kind of more like drum and bass and scooter and hardcore and he'd combine a lot more metal with sort of kind of industrial and trance so although we both were combining elements of electronica with metal and we had very similar metal influences the electronic styles we're drawing from were completely different so i think it depends on who wrote it you can hear well at least we can hear and anyone that knows us, you can hear that's like a Jay song, that's like a Bircher song, and you can hear that difference. I think the sounds evolved, like not dramatically. I think we've still got that original like key sound that we still did right at the early days. I think just the quality and the songwriting's just got better, but we still kept that that early sound and style of songwriting that we both had. So I think that's important. Okay, and you've mentioned obviously the different styles that you've got within your music. What bands would you say were your main influences? For me, like Shikari is like the cornerstone, that kind of like the the stuff they did, like Take to the Skies and Flush Flood of Colour. And a lot of the very early dubstep in like 2006, where like dubstep was new and it was like a British kind of underground. Like that was the first electronic genre I heard that was like really, really heavy. Um, And then obviously Shikari took that kind of style of music in those kind of albums and moulded that with punk and metal, which I'd never heard done. And then that's kind of where I got hooked. That for me, at least. And uh, what's the songwriting process? Because you've got so many layers of, for anybody that's kind of like not familiar with the stuff you've put out, like we're big fans, but what kind of process is it? Is it guitars, synths, drums, you know, what comes first? Um, For me, I tend to, for me, it starts with like a synth or like a bass line, or I'll make like a dance kind of beat. And then 
I'll grow it from there. Primarily, that's always been sort of the style is to write the electronic side of it first and then fit the metal around it. But then, you know, we've gone recently, we've gone other ways where cause a lot of metal, a lot of, a lot of metal bands that you hear, like Architects, Bring the Horizon and things like that, that um, or like a good example, maybe Crossfaith, that always the synths would often be like the lead parts over the top of a metal band. We always wanted to reverse that. And have like the the bass part as the main stuff in like bass music and dubstep. The bass is the main fundamental, and then fit guitars and things around that. So it always starts for me with like a heavy bass line that's synthetic, and then fit the metal around that. That's always how I've looked at it. But we started to change that a lot now. I think with, with a new record we're working on, we've changed and come away from those formulas a little bit. So there will definitely be a new kind of um, sound from us that people won't have heard before to come so i'm excited about that okay so last year you won metal to the masses for nottingham but you're not actually from nottingham so we were just wondering how you ended up no. in the nottingham metal to the masses and how you found it kind of doing the competition away from your local area yeah that's that's a cool question so um we basically we joined a management company um called unearthed management which are primarily midlands based and nottingham they work like a lot in that sort of area um we'd done metal to the masses in the southwest before we never did metal to masses in our hometown because it requires such a commitment to these different heats we always wanted to as a local band not um you know if we got offered like a really cool support slot for a touring band that was coming through if you were committed to the metal to the masses heats a promoter wouldn't put you on because you'd be too saturated so we've always gone to other cities and used it as a way to like establish ourselves in a new territory. Um, never necessarily expecting to win. But then it was our manager was like, hey, come do Nottingham. I'll put you on um, and put you in touch with people. So yeah, we basically just did the same thing we'd always done. Um, and just people loved it. And yeah, Nottingham's become like almost our new home away from home we almost do better now in nottingham than we do in bristol which is really cool to see absolutely because like when we go to gigs now in nottingham like there's actually people there waiting to see us like and it's quite nice to have that because we see familiar faces that come and travel around to come and see us so when they see our name up um there's an older guy we see there quite a bit and he says whenever i see your name and you're local i'll come and see you guys so it's kind of weird in that sense like bristol's always been good to us don't get me wrong but nottingham has been so much better in just how dedicated people are to actually coming to the gig instead of just the whole famous you know oh i'll try and make it or all those kind of excuses you get on top when you're in your local city kind of following on from that has bloodstock opened doors for you guys then since you uh won the metal to the masses i'm gonna let you talk jack because i'm chatting <laughs> um so i think we've taken it quite quietly since uh since bloodstock really uh simply because we had the album because we've been working on that for uh, a long time and the idea was just to put all the funds and everything we possibly could in all our spare time and just to making that something pretty interesting. So we've gone off and we've um, we've recorded all that now. So now, again, the focus is still very much getting that organized, getting out there. But um, we've been kind of, uh, you know, in touch with some kind of like uh, publishers and management and things like that. But um, it kind of comes down to the fact of we need the time to kind of get it all ready and we need, you know, uh, money to put it all out. Uh, so, uh, to answer the question really is we've, uh, we've used it to an extent to kind of advertise it in the sense of like, we have done this. So, you know, you can look at our like musical CV if you want to put it into actual like words, but, um, you know, we've taken it quite quietly 
just so we can get this big kind of chapter out of the way. So uh, hopefully once that's out and released, you know, we'll get a bit more attention from it and, you know, more people will kind of come and see that we've done these things to a good to a good reception. And they'll kind of come to us and say like, hey, that sounds really cool. We've seen you guys. We know you've done this before. We want to put you up and we want to help you go in that direction. It definitely opened up um, like a relationship now with um, Epiphone and Gibson as a whole as well, which is something we never expected. But we're now like on first name basis with like um, sort of public relations of Gibson UK. And they like let us go down to the headquarters. We can borrow guitars to take on tour. And they just like hook us up now. Um, so that was like a really big thing that come out of Bloodstock was that they're just like supporting us now, which is mad. I still find that kind of crazy. Like we can just kind of email them one day and be like, "Hey, we need a couple of guitars." And for the most part, the women will just be like, "Yeah, no worries at all. Come down on Tuesday." So we go in there, we sign a form, and then we just take kind of really what we want, which is <laughs> that's like fourteen year old me. That just be the weirdest <laughs> thing. I still find it really weird. I'm twenty seven, so <laughs> it's definitely the dream, isn't it? Just turning up at kind of HQ and yeah, I'd like that one, that one, that one, please. Like <laughs> literally first time that we went we went in and obviously she was like okay just have a play around so we were there for like five hours <laughs> playing every guitar magic just the guitars there was a pool table downstairs uh there was all these different amps all these different pedals and there was also like uh just a fridge full of beers so she was just like have some beer play some pool play guitar it was like this is absolutely unreal <laughs> i need to go and work at gibson that was a great day out yeah man <laughs> obviously you played bloodstock last year what advice would you give to the bands who are waiting to get on the new blood stage in a couple of weeks time this year best thing i can personally say is just be ready for things to possibly go wrong like Mm. one of the yeah you know because like you just don't know on the obviously we're going to take wirelesses and all these things we got told a few weeks prior we weren't allowed to do that so we had to then obviously get out and go some brands some more cables it's a small thing but um, just making sure you've got room to move. So you had to buy really large ones. So if you wanted to run around and do the kind of thing, if you've seen us before, do that. You know, we had to kind of prepare for these moments and uh, make sure everything's working before you go. Change your strings on your any guitars. Uh, make sure mics are working. Uh, all, just everything that you can think might go wrong, test it before you go get there. Because if you've got a crowd of 600 people or so, you really don't want to get on and realize, oh my God, I forgot my power cable. Or I forgot. Oh, I forgot to change the strings and the strings just broke. You know, I mean, you really don't want any of that to happen. I think as well, I would say that a lot of people can, because we've we've done the competition a few times and, and lost it. And I think a lot of people can get caught up in the idea that, shit, we're playing Bloodstock. This is like, this is like a big it moment, which is great. And like, enjoy that moment. But like, be thinking like 12 to 24 months ahead after that festival. Because like, I think a lot of people are like, think that it's things are just going to kind of possibly happen which you know we've had some cool doors that have opened but like if you haven't got a plan post bloodstock or you're not thinking about like what you what comes next yeah, i think it can be easy to be like cool we've done it shit we haven't thought of what comes next and i think that was something we got asked that bloodstock in an interview is the trap a lot of bands fall into is the the not capitalizing post bloodstock and i think uh, a lot of bands in the past have kind of you know not faded into irrelevancy but almost not kind of kept that momentum up and i think you just yeah plan plan ahead plan after it's like a stepping stone it's not like the be all and end all you know but yes yeah, so i just as just jay was saying 
like I, one of the guys who when he said he interviewed us he more or less said he goes uh, so what's your plan because a lot of bands have done this and then done nothing so that was what he kind of said bluntly and we were quite lucky we were already working on the album we're doing uh so we had you know that that 12 months had been planned out and the guy seemed pretty like you know like all right cool you know that's good so you know you can't just sit around and think we did that once you know downloads next you know main stage you know it just doesn't it just doesn't work like that so i fully agree with what jay was just saying there just plan ahead is the best advice in the world yeah i, I was gonna say that the amount of bands that i've seen over the years kind of that have appeared on the new blood stage a lot of them it's kind of like, i kind of remember those guys but i don't know what happened to them anymore and uh, like you know although they they don't kind of they're not like you said not relevant anymore it's not that it's just that they probably never did have the plan that um this is what we need to be doing next yeah So next up, we've got a quick fire round. Right. Exciting. Yeah, so we, we've expanded it a little. So we've um, wrote some more questions, put it through a randomizer, and we're going to give you the first eight questions that come out of it. Okay. So try not to think too hard, just whatever comes to mind. Okay, so what was the first gig that you watched? Uh, Steel Panther. Uh, it was Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> yes both pretty funny both. explicit bands <laughs> <laughs> very full on I'm, I'm i'm virgin on the side of blood and gang i do like blood and gang my dad took me when i was like fucking i don't know like 12 or 13 i just thought i definitely shouldn't be watching this but thank you father <laughs> good old john <laughs> if you were a biscuit what biscuit would you be orban malted milk <laughs> Two solid choices. Straight off the yeah. bat there. Straight off the bat. <laughs> You've been asking before. It's because I had to go and it's still in my mind. <laughs> I really want another one. Uh what was the last meal that you cooked? I literally just had a steak like before this interview. <laughs> oh. Uh I had a sausage sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> oh shut up. You went you went from steak and then I had to answer with my honest words. <laughs> 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 what was the last song that you listened to? Something by Stumpoy one. <laughs> uh mine was an Oliver Tree song. It's the one and only. It's just come out. Okay. Interesting. What song do you wish you had written? Everlong. Oh, solid choice. <laughs> yeah, for pretty much probably anything Bring the Horizon has released in the past sort of eight years. It's a good answer to be fair. Sleepwalking. Yeah, another good chance. I love, I love, I love new Bring Me, man. They're fucking killing it. Yeah, I saw them when they headlined this year at Download. They were the best headliner of the weekend. Oh god, that that blew me away. I didn't, I didn't know what to yeah. expect, but I didn't expect them to be like one of probably the best live headline sets I've ever seen. I one hundred percent agree. I was like, that is a game changer. That's how it should be done from this point on. They've set a bar that I don't think is going to get. Yeah, any new bands in a while. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little concerned about that now because with the bands that they've that they had this year that could have headlined, you know, like Parkway, Ghost. Yeah, and it's like next year, what's going to happen? Nobody gets a chance. I oh, know it's going to be really depressing when it kind of goes back to that old system because I think someone a while back told me it was it's uh like the relatively new, the reoccurring, and the classic. Yeah. So 
always what it's been. So that's why Maiden is always the classic. And even this year, it was the new Bring Me, the reoccurring Slipknot, and the classic was Metallica. Yeah. It's followed that system for years. Who is the most famous person you have met? Brian May. Wow. Wow. Probably uh, Ral Reynolds, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, they met him at Slamdunk, like, the other fucking month. Yeah, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Yeah. Fucking never got starstruck, but that was fucking nervous as fuck. I was like, <laughs> trying not to be a fucking freak, basically, and talk to him like a normal person. <laughs> so you just go running through the back of your mind. <laughs> talk, talk normally, talk normally. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's like I'm not going to ask you for a photo because annoying as fuck, but I just wanted to say I respect the fuck out of you, basically. And then just was like, enjoy your day, and then just walked away. <laughs> I'm talk back. He was like, just, respect you, enjoy your day. Run away. <laughs> <laughs> run yeah nah he was sound what song would be your theme tune oh my god that's a really hard question you're gonna say Jesus of Suburbia that's a fucking banger uh probably uh was it Last Garrison by Energy Carry hmm. two great tracks thank you a <laughs> <laughs> last quick fire one then is if you were invisible for a day what would you do I'd go backstage at festivals just just to kind of see <laughs> that's I've been a dream of mine just to see their little their little bit it's like a private area I want to see that one day it's going to sound fucking weird but I'd probably just like stand next to people in supermarkets and listen to their conversations because I bet people say some weird shit when they think it's just a few of them <laughs> <laughs> so I went from like oh this lovely dream and you're just like I'm going to spy on <laughs> <laughs> pretty much I just fucking it's a little window into people's obscure little fucking relationships isn't it an experience in a story you'd be like guess what i heard at the shop <laughs> <laughs> dude i had the best time sitting on my wall outside my house and just watching the world for like 20 minutes i saw just some fucking weird ass shit <laughs> and that's just outside my house so i'm like yeah man <laughs> fair enough fair enough you could have got me there a little bit well you'd be pleased to know that was the last quick fire one <laughs> some very interesting answers in that because there was a few new questions in there as well so <laughs> That was, that was really good. Nice. We should probably move on to the last time we were going to see you. So, in fact, first off, before we start, to both of you, I deeply apologise. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, <laughs> but I came in from inside and was stood talking to you both. And <laughs> yeah. just completely oblivious to everything didn't it just never clicked in my mind and there was a, a very good reason for that but um it was at the old cold store yeah it's, it's all good do not worry do not worry Dude, we're like it's cool man we're not fucking we're not fucking famous <laughs> <laughs> well that's the thing it's like you you were the headline band that night and i was just i'm so i'm blaming it on the weather <laughs> Uh, for I think we we've spoke about it on the podcast before, haven't we? Mm. Um, when we went to the Metal to the Masses final, it basically it just got trashed by the end because of the weather. Yeah, I really predict these things though, can you? Which is the sad part. It was the realization of like five minutes before we were meant to like we were starting to warm up, and then just looking at the floor and noticing that the rain is starting to come and go near all of the the call it twenty thousand pound worth of equipment all over the floor. Like, oh shit. We have to figure this out. <laughs> yeah. It's starting to go into the fucking venue floor. I was like, oh, my God. That's a new one. Yeah, I've, a new I've, one, yeah? I've never been at a, anywhere, any kind of gig where anything like that's happened. 
And, and to top it all off, the fire alarm went off because of the uh, thunder and the lightning. Yeah. 15 minutes as well. It was just like 50 minutes of torrential rain. Yeah. It went off. And then, that's, damn it. It's like literally pouring through the fucking walls there. Like, I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that is actually mad. The walls, through the ceiling, through the light fixtures as well. I was like, Jesus Christ. Welcome to Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Wouldn't have it. I'm from Spain. Oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm from Birmingham. So it could be a whole lot worse. <laughs> so just looking at last year again, we noticed that you did something called Drip Fest, where you did a headline show and you had a load of other bands there as well. Is that something that you're planning to repeat or you might repeat someday? I think someday, yeah. Um, it was uh, it was a weird one because again we that was organised when we were on like a management and it was our manager's idea and then we parted ways with our management and then we kind of took it on ourselves um, and it was booked in between like a lot going on so it kind of it, you know I'll be honest it, it we didn't lose money but a lot of people that bought tickets didn't come because you had like gay pride after it and you had two thousand trees the day before it. And then you had the tattoo convention throughout it. So we like just got this really rogue slot where it definitely could have been successful. But like I think we had like half of the people that bought tickets didn't show up. Um, and it's just a lot to organize between, you know, to put on a festival if you're also in a band trying to release songs and records, you know, so... It's not something I think I would want to self-organise again, but it's definitely something I would like to do again in the future, um, potentially if we have management or some sort of representation helping us do it. But it's not something I would do myself again because I think I ended up kind of doing most of it myself in the end. But um, yeah, certainly something I'd like to do. The lineup for that was so strong as well. Like there, there were so many good bands on there: Haunted by Wolves, Miscreant, Bad Llama, Frog Lord, mm. and like we've we've seen all of these guys before, and just really big fans of those two. And like obviously being in this part of the country, we'd never we didn't know this was you know this kind of thing was going to happen. And oh, it just looked like the a, a dream kind of thing for us. We should just do it again in Nottingham. That would work. <laughs> Literally, works for work. us. We'll be there. <laughs> That's it. Get rocks it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you kind of touched on the album, and I was listening to an interview, I think it was earlier today uh, or last night, and is it still coming out this year? Is that still the plan? I think I know this interview. I think that was possibly a drummer saying that it was going to come out this year, which um, he just pulled that out of his fucking hat. That, <laughs> that, isn't, that, that isn't a thing. Um, it will hopefully be coming out. Um, ideally, I'd like to put a single out by the end of the year um, and then look at releasing two more singles, maybe the start of next year, and then the full album out sort of before the summer. Um, it all comes down to basically um, essentially how fast we can raise the funds to finish music videos. We've got two more music videos to shoot. So we've got a single ready, but then we also need to market it correctly. So then it's also paying for the PR campaigns. So it is a simple fact of just basically having to raise the funds to release it correctly because we don't just want to put it out. We want to put it out and we want it to go out properly, you know. So I'd rather sit on it. And release it correctly even if that means waiting 
than just throw it out basically you know we're at that point where we need good pr um you know magazine reviews pr radio placement and shit and then you know solid videos and a campaign so um yeah all things ideally i think we are set to shoot our second video hopefully next month so you know we could probably get away with releasing a single this year even if we don't have the third video done because that still gives us six months to get the last single shot so that's kind of where we're at with that hopefully this year we'll release something i'm looking forward to hearing what comes next looking forward to putting out taking a long time and i really enjoy all of it <laughs> some tedious songs to play and record but you know for the most part i've been a pretty pretty much under the hands yeah. now so we're pretty i'll be i'll be very finally just like out there but as jay said like we can't just put it out and just hope for the best we want to put it out there as the best as we can because um you know the, there's so many people who have just kind of put out eps and never ever marketed it and you know th- down the line you look back and you're like oh my god they've released six more and they've mm. still never done anything with it so that's just all into that hole of oh we've done it you know everyone will just find it which doesn't <laughs> you can't <laughs> just find gold we spotted you've got a couple of dates in Germany later this year. Are they your first non-UK dates and how did they come about? Yes, yeah, so um, they are first abroad shows. Essentially, that comes around. Um, essentially, uh, I am also in a tribute band that's uh, basically a Linkin Park tribute. And um, essentially, it's a bit of a risk for us to go out there. Um but we are just going to be opening for those guys in a couple of Germany dates. And it's just like a, a way to just get out there and expose yourself to an audience that feels close enough to our demographic because we do a bit of turntablism, you know, scratching on the decks and all the electronics. Um, we've gone down quite well supporting it. And it's like, obviously, Linkin Park brings a crowd in. Everybody kind of wins. Um, so it's a bit of a gamble. But it's good to be able to throw us on occasionally as an opener in a new city to, again, just be like, hey, we're a thing. And maybe people pick up a few fans along the way, which has worked quite well for us. That's fantastic. So I think there's one question left. And, well, there's Dolby Altfest in October, Mm. which we're really looking forward to Mm -hmm. seeing you guys at. We're going to be there. Sick. And... Have you got any other dates coming up um, after the Germany gigs and uh, around kind of like Derby Alt Fest? Are you planning on doing anything else? I'm going to let you go, Jack. Yeah, we've got um, a couple dates on, but I need to obviously double check exactly what dates. I would hate to, you know, just give like, oh, the 1st of November. <laughs> and then it's, which, uh, so um, usually we'll put updates on any of our social medias, so like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those fun things. So it's on there now, I believe. So every single date that we have planned is either going to be on there already or it'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks or so or the next month, just so it's kind of announced beforehand. But the next gig we've got is um, on Saturday in Western Supermare supporting a band called Andromedus. So that's the next thing we're doing at this moment in time. And then, um, yeah, I think from that point on, it's just, I think, when's uh, after that, Jay, when is the next one after that? Pretty much everything we're doing, like Jack said, it's on our on our tour poster. So we don't, other than what we're doing kind of throughout September, October, November, don't have anything lined up currently for December or next year, basically. So the main focus really is those shows and the, the getting this release out there, basically. Um, and I think then off the back of that release, once we have a plan and a times like frame, then we'll look at booking shows 
for you know to go hand in hand with that release um but uh yeah the focus really at the moment is just on getting this album done so we're not really looking to book shows or actively trying to book anything other than what we've already got out there basically so that's where we're at might be we might have one gig in december that's been offered that just has not got back to us yet um it's uh, in london it's um uh antichrist oh cool oh yeah yeah we so might be antichrist Possibility would be headlining a night out in, in Antichrist. Um, they're just uh, just been quite slow coming back, but for the most part, it's you know communications happening and uh, it's been offered. So um, you know, as soon as we get a bit more confirmation on that, that'll be spoke about on one of our things. So if anyone's into a very weird nightclub called Antichrist, then on you go, <laughs> come dressed up. <laughs> it's gonna be a very it's gonna be themed basically on on us as well, which is lovely. So industrial kind of look, army jackets and all. That. All that stuff, so I'll be very interesting. Yeah, that 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 sounds really cool. Yeah, no, it sounds great. It'll be very funny. <laughs> oh, very much. <laughs> yeah, so you've got your two dates in Germany, and then Sheffield on the twenty ninth of September, Derby Alt first, and that's on the eighteenth of October, and then we're in Hull on the seventeenth of November. So obviously, if anyone's in any of those places, make sure you go check Dripfell Empire out. How does the um? You know, with kind of planning gigs, um, you know, like the, the dates in Germany, how does that kind of work around your kind of normal, I suppose, form of a better expression, nine to five sort of day life? Good question. Like, you know, in, in my head, it's like priorities come into it. And yes, having a having a job is great and you obviously get the money to live and things like that, but how I look at it is like if you start dedicating your life to your nine to five, you don't you've lost all hope of, you know, doing something you want to do. So my idea is just like tell them that's just going to be how it is. And that's that's that. Or I tell them book it way in advance. So when it does come up to it, there's no arguments. It's very much just I'm doing this thing. And if you say no to it, I'm still just going to go off and do this thing because that's just how I feel about it. I've, I've done it with one job already and told them like that's how it is. I'm sorry. And they basically just said, well, that's that then. So, you know, sacrifices where sacrifices have to be made. Mm. All right. And a very similar uh, thing as well. I mean, I had, uh, when I first started gigging quite a lot, I was in a zero hour job, but I knew that I was valuable. So they wouldn't get rid of me. And I just was like, like Jack said, I was like, look, I'm doing this. I don't, I'm not contracted to work. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go do these shows. And then I've been fortunate enough to be in a job now where, my boss is very understanding and supporting and he lets me go off and do my gigs. Um, uh, and then also fortunately, cause I'm in this tribute band as well. I've actually started to drop my hours down cause I don't work now five days a week. I now work three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So I've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday free every month because of doing the, the tribute stuff is actually now kind of like a part-time job. So it's just that dedication to music, uh, like, like Jack saying, it's like you will just make it work one way or another if you do it and you may have to make sacrifices but it'll pan out fantastic is it's a it's a great kind of like single-minded sort of approach this is what we're gonna do been the same dream since i was 14 yeah. years old so 27 <laughs> now not giving up never give up never give up i'm always like i've been doing music so long i'm like i can't possibly conceive the idea of trying to do anything else because i'd have wasted the past fucking like 15 years of my life trying to get there <laughs> So it's like there, there is no other direction at this point. I'm far too down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saving you at this point. Cool. 
Right. Well, thank you very much, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Like Jem said, uh, check the guys out in Sheffield, Derby and Hull. They've got a great live show. We've seen them before. So go and check them out. Thank you very much for having us. Same, man, Jem, guys. It's been a pleasure. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, make sure you check out Drip Fed Empire if you get a chance if they're playing somewhere near you. And you can check out our Instagram threads, Twitter, Ready to Mosh Cast, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, Ready to Mosh. So give everything a like, share, a follow, and don't forget to give us a five-star written review because that really helps with the charts. And we'll be back soon with another episode. Make it stop, Luke.